0: Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Good it is good to see you. Uh, welcome to worship. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We're compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. Amen? Amen men we have officially been saying that for 11 years of sundays now because now that we've said there's no more sundays between now and the end of 11 full years so you know what we've been doing for 11 years preaching the word talking about god and going through passages that's what we do on sunday mornings amen let's get back to that here we go uh we are finishing james today that's kind of weird finishing James right before the 11th year anniversary. Hmm, might have been a plan there somehow. Uh, Last eight verses of James, uh, chapter 5, verses uh, 13 through 20, um, we're going to finish today what I would call one of my favorite books, uh, one of my first books to be familiar with, and absolutely the first book I read through. And uh, my youth pastor said, you should start reading books of the Bible like, like the whole book? Yeah. Where do I start? Well, do James. Why? It's only five chapters. I thought, oh, I can do that. Uh, so as a young as a young guy, I read through James for the first time. Um, I have received much more out of that this time going through the Bible than I did back when I was a young guy. But I want to encourage you, keep going through it. Keep going through all the books best you can. You pick up something new all the time, every time. Or you get reminded. Um, and so uh, we're going to do that this morning. Let's pray, and then, um, and then we'll get to it. Lord, thanks for this morning, and thanks for uh, things like an anniversary of the church, and may we just be reminded of all that you do. May you show us this morning that your word is just a reminder of all that you do, that you have done. May we be clear that it shows us what you can do or will do, about to do. I pray, Lord, that we would just be looking to you. Uh, May our time this morning in your word help us to do that, be honest about ourselves, and then, Lord, to put us in a position where we can help others. Um, We're going to see that in the passage this morning, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take that to heart. But, Lord, as we read, as we are guided by your spirit, as we pray, we've just finished worshiping, I pray that we walk out of here a little bit better, a little bit closer to who you are. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, let's let's uh, let's get started. Uh, chapter 5, verse 13, book of James. Uh, look down at your Bible if you have it, or look up at the screen if uh, that's what you're doing. Uh, Is anyone among you suffering? Boy, that's a great question for today. Everybody raise your hand. Just, just raise your hand. It wasn't a question. It was just it was a command, right? Just raise your hand. It's the first time we've ever done that, Okay. Got that out of the way in our first 11 years. Uh, We're all suffering in some way, all right? Now, the question is, is your attention on it? Are you noticing that you're suffering? Are you, let's not say you're fixated on it. Maybe you're not enmeshed in your suffering, but it's dragging some attention out of you. It's demanding some of your mental capacity, and you're thinking, man, things are rough right now. Uh, he's talking to you. Here's what he says: uh, Let him pray. Three words for you. What are you suffering? He doesn't give you. He doesn't give you a big old list of to do stuff. Three words: Let him pray. Which probably could get reduced to one word, and it would be pray. Now, see, I thought when I was suffering that I needed to go see a doctor. I needed to get a medication. I needed to change my diet. I needed to start exercising. Uh, and he started listening to my wife more, you know, there's a whole bunch of things on the list that would help me get better. Where where does James think better comes from? If you're praying, he's telling you where the source is, the source of better. Um, Folks, do you know why we're here? We're not here because somebody decided a church to start a church or somebody gave money or a convention accepted someone or blah, blah, blah. We're here to do better. That's why we're here. Everybody has better disease. What's better disease? What's better disease? It was, it was defined uh, theologically way back. It would have been like, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago. Great theological uh, work. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. The Spice Girls, remember them? That's better disease. Everybody wants better. Better this, better that. They want to be better. Sometimes we call it more disease. I want more. Not more pain, not more. We want more better, right? So it's just better disease. We're all in that condition. What's the source of that? What's the solution? What's the answer to that question? Right? Riddle me this, Batman. How do you solve that? James says, pray. So where are we going? We're going to God. Right? We're going to God. If we're suffering, hey, go to God. Oh, is anyone cheerful? Oh, we're going to change gears here. Hold on a second. I'm slow to change gears. That's just me. Right? Is anyone cheerful? Oh, it went from bad to good. All right, good. Uh, Let him sing praise. Same concept, just on the positive side. Where are we going to acknowledge when good, when better happens? Like if we got better Zs, every once in a while, better is going to happen. When better happens, where does thanks go? Where does appreciation, where does credit go? Credit goes where credit is due. Uh, He says, "Is, is anyone cheerful? Praise. Now, it doesn't really technically say who or what we're praising, but I'm 100% sure that if I gave you three guesses and the first two didn't count, you could figure it out. Who were we praising? God. I love that he doesn't even have to say it, right? Is any among you sick? Verse 14, let him call for the elders of the church. Why? Because they got special magic powers. Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Whoa. I like the first two scenarios where I just got one word answer. Right? Pray, praise. That's nice and easy. Apparently if I'm sick, I got to call some guys and they got to come around me and they all got to pray and then I got to get all messed up with oil, which I hate lotion. I'm a, I can't, uh, is it, uh, what is it when you, like, touch? Something like that. It just, I I don't do, I don't do touch. Like, so, oily stuff or lotion-y stuff over me just, like, gives me the eebie-jeebies, right? You should see me at the beach when my wife is trying to put suntan lotion on me. She doesn't like cancer. Yeah, sunscreen. Yeah, whatever. Um, It's sunblock. It's, like, 150 plus SPF or whatever that thing is. Um and I don't I don't like that. But I mean, we're going to do it in the name of the Lord. We're going to anoint with oil in the name of the Lord and pray over him. Why why is this? Do do elders really have magic powers? Say no. We don't believe in magic. Amen. What is what is going on here? There's in the first two, there's kind of like turn to the Lord. Bad or good, turn to the Lord. And then in the third one, like the third one's kind of extra bad or extra intense. I'm wondering, would it, would it be the same thing if it was extra good? Like if you have a baby, that's extra good, right? Uh, if you get married, how's that? Is that pretty good? You too? That's pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What happens when it's extra bad or extra good? Apparently, get around more people. And which ones? Which people? Just any ones you find on the street? People with money or needy? No, there's something specific right there. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a wonderful announcement to make. The answer to this question was just answered by Scott Austin, who is back. The vid tried to get him, and he said, you'll never get me, copper. (laughs) No, when extra bad happened, we got around a bunch of people who, what was the word you said? Believe. We're going back to source, but now we're going back to source with more. We're doing better. We're going source of better, and we're doing that. Better. James is defining that as with more people. All right. Um, it's part of the reason we say in casual ways that welcome how many to worship? Oh, we're trying to do more people. It's where we're going. Uh, by the way, it's going to end up in the uh, toward the end of this passage and, and in the fillings, we're going to get to that same concept. There's something about being around people. In fact, uh, Scripture says, do not forsake the assembly of the body. I was like, wait, I got to put my body together? What's that? No. When you bring the body of Christ, all of the people, how many? More, right? As many together. There's something about that. There's something about the public reading of Scripture. Is that because you're out somewhere where, where people can hear you or public is about number of people? It's really a community statement. So, two verses, three scenarios, and James says, "Here's we, we got to go back to source to solve our betteritis." Uh, verse fifteen, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Hmm. Prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. It works. You ever ask a group of people to pray for you? How'd that go? How often do you do that? Uh, folks, we're here as a church after 11 years because people prayed. Now, I know there was a property and relationships and money and all this kind of stuff. Somebody had to go to school for way too long. But really, God did it. And when people get together and pray about that kind of stuff, anything can happen, right? I mean, I love that we're talking about when somebody's sick, you got to pray, and the Lord will will save them. Hey, Scott, how's it going? It was this exact scenario, right? Um, What if we prayed more? What if we were better at prayer, and the only defining factor of the better in prayer is simply that we did it more often, maybe with more people. We're going to get an amazing um, promise here in a second. Uh, And the Lord will raise him up. There's a promise. Uh, And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Wait, what? I thought we were just talking about being sick. We're going to get him out of physical sickness and somehow in there, God's going to work something where sins are going to be forgiven? Whoa. Those are totally unrelated. Right? Everybody say wrong. One, two, three. They're related, folks. How are they related? The source of solution, the source of everything is the same. So forgiveness comes from... God healing comes from answered prayers come from the only answer at church when the question is asked is right okay Jesus <laughs> the Jesus which that's redundant uh, verse 16 therefore uh, if these is if this is all true then your screen will go blank uh, therefore confess your sins, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, is this about um, getting to know everybody's sins? Is that the point of this? What, what's the problem that we're trying to solve from the beginning of verse 13? I joke. I call it betteritis, right? What are we trying to get? We're trying to get better, right? So it's not that we need to know everybody's sins, but your condition must be that you know what you need to confess, why would you need to confess? Because you're trying to get back to, starts with S, ends with ors. We're trying to get back to source. Right? Confess your sins to one another is an exercise for you. Why? To help you get back to source. Do they have special powers when you confess to them? Hey, I uh, stole a pencil. Stole a box of crayons from my kindergarten teacher. That actually happened, I did. I stole a box of crayons from Mrs. Pinnergrass. Is it about them having some kind of special power to forgive my sin? No, there's something that happens in me as I change and then I pray for one another so that I might be healed. Where does the work of better need to happen got to happen within me. God can heal me. God can forgive me. God can do anything. Amen. And where does he want that to happen? He wants it to happen within me rather than making rules for other people or I have to be in a crowd or no, 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 no. We got to work on you that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We're going to get back to this verse, uh, actually. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Is that a promise? That's an amazing promise. I ran into this one as a middle schooler. Remember, I told you, uh, James, first book I ever read, you know, in its entirety, whatever. And I, this verse hit me. It hit me in a different translation. We're going to come back to that in a little bit, okay? Okay. Um, but he goes, then he goes into this um, story of Elijah, verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Apparently, Elijah was here in California not too long ago, right? Um, can you imagine praying for something like that? That, hey, hey uh, God, how about you stop it raining? Now, there's a whole story behind that. We'll get into some other day when we're doing that passage. But the Bible tells us things that seem mm, crazy. Like if you could pray and have faith, you could actually get to a point where you could move a mountain. Mm, I've never seen a mountain move. It says here, that you could keep it from raining for three and a half years, and quite frankly, I'm not buying it. That sounds a little bit far-fetched. Why? Because I've never seen it happen? So? So what? Just because you've never seen it doesn't mean it's never happened. Right? This started to make sense to me when I started to think of things that I have experienced. Like kids, three of them. Having a kid, to me, more powerful, more effective, more life-changing than moving a mountain. You want to move a mountain or you want to have a kid? Um, I'll take the kid every day of the week and twice on Sunday because I think twins would be nice. I would rather have a kid than get it to stop raining for six, 36 months. 38? No. 42. Thank you, right? Sorry. Math nerd. Um, it didn't rain for that long time. Verse 18, then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. We mean just change gears like that? Wait, God would change gears like that? I mean, to what level, to what intensity, to what interaction capacity? Could you have a relationship with God? How about start a church from scratch with nothing? Shouldn't happen. Doesn't make sense. Never seen it before. Can't move that mountain. Can't get it to stop raining for three and a half years. And yet things happen, right? Can't believe that it would happen if I got most of it wrong. How does it, how does it work, in faith? At some point, we have to go back to the source, and when we do, you can change gears, move back and forth within culture, society, environment, and have God with you all the way along, along the way. Right? Work all, won't always be good. There'll be days where your job's amazing. There'll be days when your job is hell, or your job's just taken from you. That can happen in family. It can happen all kinds of, it can happen in your finances. It can happen in your health. In all these different things, James says, hey, uh, remember the source. Keep turning to the source, okay? Uh, Verse 19, last two, uh, my brothers and sisters, which is what the Bible means every time it says brothers, okay? It's the brethren, the brotherhood, whatever. Um, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, wait, that happens? People wander from the truth? I, I thought everybody was intrinsically good. They were created in the image of God and they have ethical basis and standards for all of the decisions that they make. Are you tasting the dripping sarcasm? You wander from the truth. Why? Because there's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We do selfish. In fact, it's half of what drives better-itis. It really can border on selfishness, self-centeredness, self-importance. When that happens, if, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, what's the cool promise hidden in that right there? You can come back. There's still time left on the clock. There's time left on the clock. You can still win. Every team that has ever played the Raiders knows this. Right? Um, Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Now, I want to have a little fun. If somebody's lost and you bring them back, you're going to save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Whose? His. Pronoun. Which his are we talking about? The one who brought him back or the one who was brought back? Oh, no. Couldn't we just be more specific? Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We don't run out of food. We watch movies. We like comedy and sarcasm. We say all, every, each. We know that God and Jesus is the answer most of the time. There's another thing that we say regularly and I've been trying to push this because I see it all over scripture. Which one of the two his is it? Is it both? Did he say it that way so that we could infer, well, what a great question. Is it the guy who saved him or is it the guy who was saved? How about both get covered? It will cover a multitude of sins and save his soul? Right? Kind of interesting. What is this? Who's, who does the saving in this sentence? Oh. Ah! Normally, it would say Jesus. In this sentence, whoever brings him back saves a soul and covers a multitude of sins? No. We know who the source of that is, right? Say it again, Scott. Source of it is Jesus. Okay, good, good. The vid didn't cloud your thinking enough. You're still, you're still with us. Um, but why would it say that about us, right? Because it's really, that verse is really about you. It's not about you as the wanderer. It's about you as the bringing someone back and saving souls and covering sins. How cool that God's in God's sport, he lets you play. I have this little um, problem with soccer. Okay, I love the sport. I've been playing since as far back as I can remember. Out on the playground at PE and... Lunchtime and recess, and all that kind of stuff. Remember when you had recess? Oh, let's go back to that. Anyways, um, playing and participating, amazing. Sitting down to watch people that are this big on a screen for an hour and 45 minutes, uh, I can't watch. I can't be a spectator. It's so difficult. At least if I'm coaching I have some interaction with the players I can participate that way but if if I'm not if I'm just spectating what do I get I get time that I'll never get back <laughs> We've got to decide if we're participating in the sport that he's called us to Wait Christianity is a sport you betcha You betcha uh, may the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen. Amen. Um, let's let's look at this. Um, go to your outline. Turn pull pull up the top of it. it says James chapter five, verse thirteen through twenty. And then it, and then the title is effective faith. I, I know. I I tell you guys all the time that I I steal all the stuff that I do up here from the passage, from Scripture, whatever. And yet. Um, the word effective was never in the passage, and the word faith was in there, but it, was, it wasn't was necessarily prominent. So I want you to look right below that, and it says, New American Standard. Ooh, It says, New American Standard. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Remember that? We, we read that. It says it exactly the same way, pretty much. But the next sentence is the NASB, New American Standard Bible that I grew up with in high school, middle school, where it says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And I was thinking to myself, the first time I read that, I said, wait, the effective prayer? I've never heard of this effective prayer. What is this effective prayer that you speak of? Please, do tell. And so... I you know, talk to my youth pastor, I talk to people. Apparently, there's different kinds of prayer. There's worthless prayer that you don't believe, that you're not really trying, that you just kind of say, God is great and God is good, and we thank Him for this food. Okay, now we can eat. We don't say that at my house ever anymore because it's some goofy little routine. Now, if you need a goofy little routine to keep you praying, absolutely. And if it works for you, amazing. I just know for me, there's certain prayers and certain repetitious things that lose their meaning after I repeat them a bunch of times. Like, hey, how you doing? I don't mean that. I say that all the time. if I see, hey, how you doing? Hey, Fred, how you doing? Hey, Wanda, how you doing? It's just a greeting now. That's, I acknowledge that you're there, but I don't, I'm, I don't really want to know how you're actually doing. In fact, when they start telling me how they're actually doing, I'm like, oh my goodness, why are they telling me so much, too much information, right? And I have to gear change into, oh wait, I did ask them that question, right? Apparently there's a type of prayer that does work though, an effective prayer. Those are the only prayers I want. When I'm having kids, and my wife's in month, whatever, of pregnancy. What kind of prayer do I want? The worthless one, the repetitious one. Oh, God, just give me a healthy baby. No, I'll say that a few times when I'm meaning it. After a while, I'm not saying that exact same prayer every single day unless I'm really thinking about it. You know? For me, the Lord's prayer got that way for a while until I still started really looking at each little clause of what does that mean? What am I actually saying? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen. I can get right through it and miss it. But there's something about the way this verse was translated in the New American Standard, which, by the way, they revised sometime after 1995, and the newest revision of New American Standard doesn't have the effective prayer. They've taken that little effective out. I'm bringing it back. I made sure you had to have it this morning, because there's effective faith, there's worthless faith. There's I say I have faith, and, uh, and which really means there's prayer that works, and then the worthless prayer—is it really prayer? It's not really prayer. So I know this is a trick. I've pulled a fat, I baited, switched, and sideswiped you. Is there only one kind of prayer? really is there's effective prayer there's nothing else the rest of it's just noise busy work i hate when somebody gives me busy work and sticks me in a cubicle that's no good all right i want to do something effective he says the effective prayer of a righteous man not just a man not any man not any guy, any gal could just throw up a prayer and and decide or believe or expect that something should happen. Prayer has to be combined with faith. A righteous man is a man who's trying to be right. That's the simple way of like kindergarten memory for me. I'm trying to be right right according to God, okay, very, very good. Right according to God, that guy, that gal, gets to do a prayer that works. And beyond just working, what does it say? Can accomplish a little? Occasional? No. One of my favorite words. Much. I love that word. Because if I'm doing something, I want to do Much. If I'm eating, I want to eat much. If it has flavor, I want it to have much flavor, right? I want want to have much of a relationship with people. And here it says, possible. Beyond possible, expected. In fact, part of the design. God has intelligently designed that we would do this. Hence, we're calling this the uh, effective faith. I love that we get to the end of his letter. We have five chapters for him. It was just a letter. And we get to the end and he's saying, look, know who the source is. Be turned to that source all the time. This is what effective faith looks like. Whether you're sick or suffering or cheerful, doesn't matter. Here's what you need to do. Number one, be specific about you, God, and your requests. Be specific about yourself. Are you sick or are you suffering? You know, because those, those could be a little interchangeable, right? Are you cheerful? Why? When you are, any of those things. Here's something specific to do. If you're having kids and you want them to be healthy, how about you pray specifically about them? You know, in, in all, uh, almost every verse in this, 13, 14, 16, uh, 17, and 18, there's a little combo meal in there about the specifics. It works. It says do specific things. Go to these type of people. Have them say these kind of prayers. You're going to get some uh, oil. Not just oil. has to be anointed oil. Ah, what's with all the details? Maybe it's about obedience. Maybe it's about God saying, all right, it's called faith. Do you have it or not? Are you, will you follow all these things? I want you to march around in a circle for a little while and act like you're doing something. You're really not. Play some music while you do it, and I'm going to help you win a war? What? They won a war with music? I mean, I like trumpets, but I mean, they're not my favorite. There's something about being specific. God, I want my first to be a son. I want him to have blonde hair and blue eyes, period. Now, I realize that's a little arrogant of me to ask for that, because I'm just a squashed little speck. In fact, I'm here for a little while, then I'm gone. But if you're asking, and the desires of my heart are apparently important to you, can I have a boy? Can he have blue eyes and can he have blonde hair? Can he? Drive up to Corvallis with me. Let's go. We'll find him. <laughs> you know, here's the weird part. I never asked for him to be taller than me or stronger than me. <laughs> He's six three, two hundred. He's got the body I wish I always had. I would try to have a soccer career, right? Wanted to go pro the whole thing. If I was 6'3 and 200, I know I had the tenacity as a little you know, like a Hitler complex dude. I, I could have done it for sure. And here this guy's walking around. Why? I said a prayer. I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm for, praying for blue, hair, uh, blue eyes and blonde hair, and I want a boy. And she's like, I don't know if you should be praying for that. That's fine. You don't have to. And she's like, well, it's, it's kind of a set up prayer because we both have blonde hair. That's what I started with, by the way, Till three children did this to me. Um, and you have blue eyes, so it's not that far-fetched, and it's kind of er- like, how is self-aggrandizing it for you to ask for a kid that's just like you? Maybe, maybe not. Look at our two baby pictures right next to each other. You can't tell the difference between my son and I. Weird. What happens when that little boy comes out? And I realize all of it answered. Does that change how you pray? You pray for less on the second kid. I'm not picking hair color. I'm not picking eye color. In fact, he gave me what I wanted the first time. Was I supposed to? I mean, was I supposed to pray like that? How about just a boy this time, God? I'll just... A boy would be great. Whatever you, that's, I'm good. Just a boy. Um, anybody met Cyrus? That's number two. When you get two boys, this is a, like maybe one of the easiest questions at church. Okay, when you have two boys and you're about to have a third, and prayers work twice, what are you praying for on the third one? You're praying for a girl. Guess what I got? A girl. Hey, um, when you want to start a church, how do you know, what do you pray for, how long does that take, and how specific do you need to be? I remember being stuck in the middle of Little Rock, Arkansas, wondering what is going on. My favorite phrase at the time is, I know God's speaking, but I can't hear him. I have no idea what's going on, and I'm angry. And my next season of life is an absolute mystery. And the noise around me from people was deafening. We came back here, and we started this process. And I met with Linda Berquist and Ross Shepard and... Jack Roberts and Howard Burkhart and so many other people, those are just the Southern Baptist ones. i met at coffee with John Merlin and said, I need you to make some artwork for me. I saw one of my former students walking out of Pete's and said, I'm trying to come up with a phrase, you know, christ Center, biblically-based, compelling. She says, what about community? Little redhead girl from my youth group from 20 years earlier. Oh, my God that's brilliant. She's like, I got to go. Cool. See ya. I start writing. So many different things. And I had to pray specifically for all of that to happen. November 2nd, 2009, I sat in Dave and Jan Ash's house with a group of people and said, I think we want to start a church. We need to start praying. Here's what we need to see happen in the next few months. Here's the stuff you never have to do. Here's the stuff that I'm going to work on, but here's what you need to do. Pray specifically for you, for God, and for others. Dave Ash comes up to me. He says, what do you want to do? I said, Dave, have you been paying attention to this whole meeting? I want to start a church, okay? He says, no, what do you want to do? I know us then. What do you mean, Dave? So when we start this church and we have this church, what do you want to do in the church? I said, oh, like like a personal kind of ministry thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, besides preaching, I want to do men's ministry. He's like, great, we're starting this week. What? Yeah, my house. Uh, Okay. A couple days later, we're at Dave Ash's house. Jan clears out. I got a bunch of guys. We start men's ministry. we have one meeting with Dave. And the next weekend, Jan gets a phone call that Dave passed on a business trip playing Nintendo Wii as a team bonding experience with his coworkers. And I said, those video games, they'll always get you. Jan calls me, I got to go pick up Jason Ash from Pete's Coffee and take him home. I got to make sure his boss knows why, and I can't tell Jason. Then I got to drive across town. Awkward. Awkward. Megan's in another city playing a soccer game and won't be home for hours. (laughs) The first event Rock Bible Church ever did was a men's ministry at Dave Ash's house. You know what the second event that Rock Bible Church ever did? We hadn't even launched. It was almost a year prior to our official launch, and we had to do a funeral. God, forgive me for saying it that way. We had the blessing of doing a funeral for Dave Ash. My number one right-hand guy who helped me start men's ministry. We're about to launch a church. I got a document with 24 signatures sitting in my office framed with his signature on it. And now I got to start without him? Let me ask you what the specific prayers look like from that point on what are we going to do we're going to welcome the mcgrogans when they come to your front door for bible study of the new church we're going to pray specifically for a whole bunch of things bank account our license all this different stuff if you want things folk if you want effective faith. If you want anything with God that lasts 11 years, you have to believe, you have to do effective and you have to do it specifically. Be specific about yourself, be honest about yourself and then what you ask for, make it specific. If you're not sure how to do that, go talk to Judy Deeds. One of the best people I know in asking specific things when requesting. Amen. Number two, cover everything with God. Cover everything with God. Number one, if you're suffering, pray. Is that covering the suffering? Yeah, you're covering the suffering. The cheerful, do we cover them? Yep. The sick, do we cover them? Yep. The righteous man, do we cover them? Absolutely. In fact, in every single verse of this whole passage, there is something that's being covered by God. Now, covering can happen a bunch of different ways. Covering, can, well, I'm going to cover them in prayer, or I'm going to cover this event in praise. Thank you, God, for. 11 years, and I'm a knucklehead, and none of us should be here if it were up to me, but praise you, okay? That's, we could cover that way. We could cover the food. Well, that's not really that important, Scott. it kind of is. The details matter. Everything that we do should be covered by God in some way. It might be that we're just talking to him about like, hey, uh, something's coming up. I have no idea what's going on, God. What should I do? Uh, I think I jacked this up, God, forgive me, and how do we fix it? Hey, God, I forgot this. Can you remind me? How do you cover things with God? Because everything is covered differently. Reference the first fill-in. Specific. Everything's different, right? Any two men the same? Ain't two women the same? No kids are the same. Not even when they come from the same parents. Let me tell you, boy howdy. Um, but how do we cover things that are specifically different in specifically different ways? There might be a conversation. You might be gathering a team. You might be going solo, depending on what the situation is but in every way, cover what you got to do. When we started this church, I was trying to cover all the bases. I just read you a bunch of names of people that I met with. There were so many others that I talked to. Do you know how many people told me no? Most. I'm the most stubborn person apparently out there. I'd sit at lunch, I'd sit at dinner, I'd sit at coffee, I'd sit at early morning breakfast. I'd be, hey, I'm thinking about this, what do you think? Duh, 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 yeah. No. Okay. Unbelievable to me, the, the, the people that I thought would be involved, for sure, I would have bet. In fact, I kind of did bet functionally. I was thinking, oh yeah, they'll be involved. I was counting on them, and they were like, oh yeah, no way. I mean, best of luck to you, Scott, but I'm, I'm no. I don't have that in me. And then people that I never thought, I never thought to ask them, and I thought they would never leave their church, and they would never want to do this, and they show up at my house uninvited. Uh, They found about it. Somebody never called me to show up, him and his wife. Hey, um, is it okay if we be involved? Yes, Steve, Gene, come on in. All right, great surprise. Why? Because you're trying to cover everything. I got coaches, I got mentors. I, went, I signed up for an organization that helps with planting and went to their training weekend. And they're doing these inventories and battery tests and blah, 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 and on and on. And then we go to this interview piece. What do you want to do? I said, I want to start a church. I want to start in Pleasanton, California. You want to start a church from scratch in Pleasanton? Yeah. How much money do you have? None. How many people do you have? None. Do you have a property? No. You have nothing, and you want to start a church in Pleasanton. I said, yeah. So I came here. It's a church planting seminar weekend. You know what you do, right? I like to mock them because they told me no. They said this, it will never work, not in Pleasanton. It's too affluent. Their expectations are too high, and it will never grow. After 11 years, I'd like to quote the great theologian, kool Modi from the 80s. How you like me now? You don't think God can do a church in Pleasanton? A church in Pleasanton is not the problem. Me starting it is not the problem. The problem is you, that you don't think God can do this. I'm at the wrong seminar. I walked out. They were very upset with me. We're not going to give you a refund. No, don't. You need the money. <laughs> and I just left. They emailed me for a while and called me. Oh, why not you come be involved? Because they wanted a percentage of everything that we were going to take, 10% of everything made for the life of the church from that point on. Oh. Yeah. Praise God for covering us, Right? I'd be careful who you talk to and what you do, but we have to cover everything. You cover your kids, you cover your spouse, you cover your thoughts, you cover your body, you cover your time, your schedule. We cover everything. And most of it will turn out differently than you thought. Who cares? Who cares? Does it goes differently? Great. It wasn't differently for him. See, covering everything with God is trying to get to what he has already planned. And we start, um, I was talking with uh, Katie Gibson about that. We start sleeping like a Calvinist. um, Can you explain that? Calvin, isn't he the cartoon guy with the little tiger? Well, no, he came after. He's actually named after John Calvin, who said, God is in control of all things. He's ordered everything ahead of time. We use that big word, predestination. But if everything's already in order and it's going to happen, might as well sleep well because it's going to happen. Get some rest and see what the plan is going to be. And it will never be different than the plan. it would be different for you. It'll be different than your thoughts because we're limited and just because someone else says no never means it's right. It just means someone else said no. And if God is compelling you to do something, you find the people that say yes rather than the, listen to the people that say no. And then you cover it. Amen? Uh, lastly, all wander all wander, right? There's none righteous, no, not one. We all step off the path. I saw a thing the other day, you know, the footsteps in the sand or the two tracks of sand and the famous thing. And and then uh, the guy goes to heaven and say, like, oh, this is a, a, a microcosm of your life. And this is the times we walked together and said, yeah, but there's a few points where there's only one set of footprints. And, it's and then God says to the guy who's standing before him, well, yes, that's where I had to Pick up and carry your lazy self. i <laughs> had to carry you for a little while, and I put you down, and it's like, yeah. Well, what's that other mark? Said like, that's where I had to drag you, kicking and screaming. I love that. It's the new modern version of this, new translation of that. Like we all wander, we all get off the path. Look at any child; they'll mess something up. You won't have to watch very long. Watch me. I wander. I get things wrong. Is this the point or the focus? Because James seems to say, well, if you're suffering or you're sick or you're cheerful or you're this or you're that, just go back to the source. And when people wander, go get them. Go get them. Because you will save them and you will cover a multitude of sins. Folks, I just told you, cover everything with God. How do you cover a wanderer? Well, only God can do that, Scott. Yes, then go get them and be part of him covering them. Yeah, that's the way we do it. All wander. And your best nature, he said, Elijah, who had a nature like you, I spent no time on it when we read it because I wanted to talk about it now. You have the same nature as a man who prayed that it stopped raining for three and a half years and it stopped. Then when it was time, he said, okay, time for a shower. Bam. You have the same nature as that guy. And James says that your best nature is to save. Weird that the guy who shared a bunk bed with Jesus probably knows better than anyone what happened on the cross, the implications of the theology and the doctrines of sin and forgiveness and grace and all of that, resurrection and the source of life and what heaven's going to look like. He knows all of that probably better than all of us combined. And yet he counts himself in the equation of when Jesus saves someone, he uses other people almost always. Weird. Compelling ourselves and others. Where? To Christ. Be in a community that saves or serves the greater community. You might want to change it from serves to saves. That'd be a little bit righteous, and the outside world might, right? Um, um, But we worship in a way that welcomes all to worship. Why? We want to cover all of them. We want to cover all of them. That's our best nature. I had no idea how we were going to do this. I had no idea. And most of it was failing. Every once in a while, I'd have a win, but I have no money. We're trying to figure out how to live. The Sullivans say, hey, come live at our house. We'll give you a a deal. We want to be a part of helping a pastor start a church. Rob and Jerry Sullivan, praise God for you. And another buddy is trying to start a business selling home improvement products, and I'm working a trade show at the fairgrounds working a booth. What a great experience. And I'm trying to sell stuff to people as they're walking by. One of my least favorite things to do. Wait, Scott, you're a pastor preacher every Sunday morning? That's what you do. Yeah, but selling hardwood floors is not as exciting. This couple comes up and they're like, hey, we're interested in this and that, and I talked to them for quite a while. They're like, we'll give you a call and blah, blah, blah. Set us up with a quote for something and we'll come measure. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they go walking off. They got about three booths down. And the dude turns around he walks back by himself. He says, did you used to be at Valley Community Church? And I was like, ooh, is this good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> like, like when somebody asks you, are you a pastor, the tone really can, I said, yeah. I just, And he starts, he starts, there's a little bit of quiver. He says, could I meet with you? because we're falling apart. This thing's probably over. This floor project is probably a setup to have the house in order to sell because we're gonna split profits and move on and we're doing divorce. I've been going to church my whole life and I'm not going to church anymore and I'm not sure I like that guy anymore. I said, you mean God? He says, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm not sure I like him either. We start having a fun conversation. We start meeting every week at Pete's Coffee. I'm convinced it's where God hangs out. (laughs) He invented coffee, right? Created it. After a while, she starts coming. Every once in a while, I meet with her. I meet with him every week. And then after a while, I start meeting with both of them every week. For years. The details are their story to tell, but it should have been over. It really should have been over. But at our five-year Rock Bible Church anniversary party, down at the community center, Greg and Kim stood up holding hands, talking about how great their marriage is and how coming back to church Saved them. That's why we're here, folks. We cover everything with the source because we got betteritis. Amen? You better come to the party next Sunday night or I will remember. And I will pray specifically for you. And I have a pretty impressive track record. I say that with sarcasm and love, amen? Let's pray. Lord, uh, forgive us for our wander. We get our wander on pretty regularly, and we know so little experience is lacking. And may we, Lord, in all of that, be encouraged that you know every situation you've ordered and ordained all of it. You have control and insight and foresight and you have a plan and you're loving care. You want all to come to salvation that none would perish. And you've called us to that too. Pray, Lord, you would show us how to cover everything with you. The big stuff, even the small stuff. Do the best we can, and then, Lord, may we always be forced to acknowledge that faith is about a future experience and mystery. It's never about knowing or having the answers. Let us trust you for knowing and having the answers, Lord. If you're here this morning or if you're watching or listening and you just never have decided to cover everything with him and be specific about it, maybe that's your prayer this morning. Say it that that way. Say, Lord, I want to cover everything with you from now on. I want to call you Lord from now on. I want you to save me and then help me be a part of you saving others as well. I want some fun stories in my future about what you and I have done together. I want healing. I want relief. I want joy and happiness. May that be your prayer. And God, we thank you for uh, what we're about to receive. An offering. May it be an offering to you. And may you use it, Lord, to cover whatever needs to be covered. We thank you for all this, and we pray this in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. May you effectively be specific in how you cover all things with God. Amen. Amen. Go with Him.